How are you? I'm doing fantastic. I can't lie, you popped up on my screen and I peed myself a little bit. I'm excited to have you here. <laughs> Now, some people see David as being a conspiracy theorist and dangerous. David sees himself as a conspiracy researcher speaking his truth. I am simply giving him a platform because I champion freedom of speech and freedom of expression. And if you do too, please take this opportunity to like and subscribe this video. Obviously, people are free to say whatever they want to, but there's also consequence. The views of David Icke aren't necessarily the views of this podcast as well as my sponsors. All right, got that done. <laughs> so now it's time to talk with David about human consciousness and the heart, freedom of speech, freedom of expression, and decoding the man-made matrix. The cult that you'll hear about throughout this conversation would be David talking about the world's elite, the secret society, the Illuminati, those in positions of power to rule over the many. This guy has traveled all around the globe. He's world-renowned. He's written over 20 books. He's spoken in a few dozen countries, and he's been doing it for decades. This man is a machine. Okay, so let's get this podcast started as I ask David to talk to us about human consciousness and the five senses. Enjoy. Well, I think uh, if I came up with one word to describe the whole foundation of the human conspiracy, it would be separation. Uh, I've been writing for uh, decades about the fact that the, the, the pillar, the, the, the foundation of human control is to isolate human perception in the five senses overwhelmingly. So the world uh, that we see, touch, taste, or think we do, um, is the only one that is influencing perception. Uh, but we um, are multi-dimensional, ultimately infinite beings. And so um, if we are um, accessing those other levels of consciousness, then we get uh, another filter, another way of looking at the world and we come to different conclusions. Uh, expanded levels of consciousness uh, see the unity of everything, the oneness of everything, how everything is connected. The five senses, by their very nature, are decoding the world as a partners, as uh, forms that are uh, not connected, not human forms, not any forms that are not connected. Um, and therefore, there's just what the five senses perceived to be empty space in between everything. So the five senses see a world of everything apart from everything else. And this creates infinite potential for divide and rule and uh, driving people apart, playing people off against each other, playing different beliefs off against each other. And um, it also has infinite potential for um, isolating people in their and limiting people in their sense of self-identity. So if you ask people what they um, what they are, you know, nice to meet you, who are you? They'll reel off a series of labels, uh, man, woman, place of birth, I don't know, um, job, sexuality, race or 
religion, whatever. And what they're giving you is a series of labels, which are names for experiences. They're not telling you um, what they really are, which is the consciousness having the experience. And so you, um, if, if there's a few of you and you want to control billions, then you have to control the billions uh, perceptions because from perceptions comes behavior and collective behavior is what we call human society. Uh, people have responded as they have to the COVID era uh, and all that's gone on because of their perceptions. Uh, people with a, an expanded perception uh, have looked at this fake jab and said, no way. Whereas those that are stuck overwhelmingly in five sense perception uh, have just followed along and done whatever the authorities told them. So it's, uh, it's a, if people are talking about, you know, finding answers to all this, the, the foundation is to take control of our perceptions back because we've, we've overwhelmingly given them away. Mm -hmm. um, we are, we are um, looking at two very different states of consciousness that see the world in very, very different ways. Mm -hmm. So um, you look at um, people who are awakening to a more expanded view of the world, a more expanded uh, state of awareness, and they will um, receive information from their various sources, and they will process it, and they will make conclusions from it. Whereas those who um, are stuck in the five senses, stuck in the perceptual Alcatraz, their conclusions come first, if you look at it. The conclusion comes first, this is how it is. And then um, the information is made to fit that conclusion, not the other way around. And talking about uh, censorship, if there's information circulating that challenges your conclusion, then you have to silence it because your conclusion has not been formed from uh, a, uh, a process of um, looking at different sources of information and uh, seeing where, they, where, where it was pointing. That conclusion has been made from uh, a, a, a perception, a rigid perception. And uh, therefore, um, there is no uh, process of uh, coming to the conclusion. The conclusion is absolutely uh, the start of the process. So you, in, in a debate, you do not have the informational background to justify your conclusion or defend your conclusion. So therefore, your only way of um, protecting it is to censor and silence anyone who is questioning it and unraveling it. And if you play that on an individual level across um, the COVID era, exactly that has happened. We have um, the the narrative coming out of um, what I call the global cult, which owns the, and indeed created the World Health Organization, its vehicle for all this. Um, and it's a narrative that is 
undefendable from debate and evidence. And so what you do, because it's undefendable and you know it's undefendable because you know you've made it up, therefore the only way of protecting it from exposure is to silence anyone exposing it. Uh, so that you, you see the collective and the individual um, expressions right. of, um, of the same dynamic. So, David, here in Canada, we've had a few lockdowns. Um, but the one thing that I believe uh, that these lockdowns have shown, as well as now these passports that they have that allow some people to go into some places and other people uh, into others, would be the fact that like how attached people are to the externals opposed to the internals. Yeah, well, the whole uh, of this conspiracy um, is founded, like I say, on separating um, the influence of expanded states of consciousness uh, on the five senses, on the direct experiential interconnection or interaction between this band of frequency, that's what this world is, and, um, and, and the senses. Uh, and so if you wanna hold people in that, that perceptual state, then you have to externalize everything. You have to get them to look out into this, um, this so-called physical world, and that to be the dominant uh, dictator of their perception. So you don't want people, well, say, look within, uh, looking at expanded levels of consciousness and exploring the, the real potential that we have. Um, you want them focused outwards. Now, if you, um, and ironically, it's not outwards, but that's another story. Uh, and then you, um, you look at the way that the human world is structured you look at all the information sources, you look at all these different forms of so-called entertainment, uh, look at the, what, the way science um, uh, promotes or projects the world, uh, medicine, all of it. And it's all to um, induce and to um, stimulate the five senses. All of it is five sensory, uh, sensory um, triggering and stimulation. And so um, it's uh, a, um, it's a, 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 a way of um, holding people in the illusion because physicality, what we call materialism is an illusion. Um, there is no physicality. I mean, you, the uh, quantum physics has known this for a very long time. Everything in the end is energy. And, and if you keep going into the, 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 even the smallest of particles, you, you, you end up with empty space or what appears to be empty space. It's consciousness. It's energy. It's not actually a form. It's like Einstein uh, said, um, you know, matter is just energy that's, that's, uh, been reduced to a, a, a vibration slow enough for us to perceive it as material, but it's not material. There is no material. Uh, but the idea or the, the goal of this cult is to um, hold people in the illusion of materialism. Now, um, 
you know, I've said many times, we, we live in a, a world that is actually two worlds, and those two worlds are divided by knowledge, by information. So you've got the world of the population, um, which gets its information from the education system, which is not an education system. It gets its um, uh, information from the, the, the mainstream media, which is uh, owned by this cult, as is the education system. They created it in America. It was created by the Rockefeller family that, um, and, and J.D. Rockefeller, which, uh, who, who set the foundation for what public education should be, actually indoctrination. Uh, and uh, they get uh, uh, um, information from you know, people around them, but most people around them have, have, have been indoctrinated anyway, so they're just repeating the indoctrination and calling it their own opinion. Uh, and and you, um, you are getting everything, all your information which, from which you form your perceptions from, from these different um, elements of this cult. And, and the idea, is to um, allow humanity in general um, a desperately limited access to knowledge. Give them access to knowledge that will um, keep them in the box, keep them in the perceptual box. And then over here, you've got the other world, and that's the world of this global cult, which is a global network of um, interlocking secret societies with a, a central mission control global uh, leadership, which I call the spider. Now, they're secret societies for a reason. They're there to keep secrets. And secret societies, of course, are fiercely compartmentalized. So even most people in the, you know, the overwhelming majority of people in the secret societies don't know the big secrets, only the few know them in the inner core and what are they trying to keep from the population by keeping it in-house in secret one the agenda for the world where they're taking the world and two the nature of reality and the nature of the true eye that's what they're doing uh, because they have to do both because a if the mass of humanity knew where they were being taken, they, they would, well, at least a, a goodly number of them would, would say, we're not having it. Um, but to keep them locked away in the five senses, you have to um, keep from them the nature of reality and the true nature of self, and the, true, um, the true nature of the eye. Uh, and they're the two major secrets. There are others, my goodness that um, they, wish to, um, they wish to keep from us. Uh, and what is happening and um, what has happened uh, over this period of, uh, well, I've been doing this now for 31 years and you know, it was a very lonely place for a very long time, but now there's more and more people that are putting out this information uh, or you know, elements of it. And, and what, what it's uh, had the, uh, the effect of doing is to take um, knowledge that the secret societies have held, the cult global network has held, and make it available to more and more people who choose to look at it. Mm. And in that way, um, more and more people have um, opened their minds to um, a different world, and um, in you know many cases, a different 
identity of self. Uh, and the last thing that this cult wants is that information circulating. Right. Now, David, one of the quotes uh, that I got from you was, love is the absence of fear. And I think that is absolutely beautiful. And I know that you speak of plenty in regards from living from the heart. And there's so many people out there that are lost to where maybe you can share some of that with the listener in regards to having that guidance to get through these tough times. Yeah, well, I say that um, love is the absence of fear. And I say that evil is the absence of love. Mm -hmm. And uh, this uh, cult is evil. We can see its um, nature in the COVID era alone as it's come more and more on public display. Uh, so it's, um, it's evil because it has an absence of love. And if you have an absence of love, then basically there are no limits to what you will do because without access to love, which includes things like empathy and uh, compassion and things like that, there are no emotional consequences for you, no matter how horrific you behave. So you look at your, your Fouches and you look at your Gateses and your Klaus Schwabs, and you're looking at the absence of love, the complete absence of love. Just look in their eyes, there's nothing there. There's no one home. Uh, it, it's, almost, uh, it's almost technological when you look in their eyes. Uh, and if you... Um, fall into these very low dense frequencies uh, in which evil operates then evil can um connect with you it can make a a frequency connection with you because you've fallen into its frequency layer and it can uh, influence your behavior i'm seeing more and more of this uh, as i look around the world now as people fall into this deeply into this frequency which is founded on a four-letter word called fear. Um, and the, the way out of that predicament is a raising of frequency so that you're, you're not able to be connected with, locked into, attached to this, um, this, this evil. What, uh, I mean, you, you look around the various cultures uh, of the world, ancient cultures, religions, Native Americans uh, as well. And they all describe a force of um, great negativity, what you might call evil, that's seeking to manipulate human society. Uh, the Cree uh, the tribal group in America call, call it Wetiko. Uh, Christians call it demons or the devil. Uh, the Gnostics call it uh, Yaldabaoth or Archons, which is Greek for rulers. And, and you go into these other various uh, cultures and you find they use different names. Of course they do. That's what's thrown the, the, the historians and the anthropologists off. Or, or you know, what are they, what are the, what's this force? They, or they call it this. And so they believe in this. Well, actually, just, just put aside the names and look, look at how this force is described. And you'll realize they're all talking about the same thing. They just get called at different names because, of course, why wouldn't they? They're in different parts of the world and different cultures. Um, and uh, the antidote uh, to all of this uh, on every level is 
opening the heart. I don't mean opening the physical heart, obviously. I mean opening the heart vortex in the center of the chest, one of these vortices within the human energetic field. Uh, because the heart, this is why, you know, the physical heart has become associated with love. It's just lost meaning. It's the spiritual heart, the vortex heart, that um, is the origin of uh, the symbolism of the heart and love. Uh, and when you um, open this, this is what takes you out there. And when you open this, your frequency uh, uh, immediately starts to rise. If, if you've got an open heart, then with Watiko, I'll call it Watiko, um, cannot attach to you because you're on completely different uh, wavelengths. The other thing about opening your heart is you, you start to um, access, connect with higher levels of awareness and um, uh, and and frequency consciousness which allows you to get insights into things and what we get through that connection is what we call intuition you know um intuition comes from here any anyone that that gets an intuitive knowing knows it comes from here this is where it comes from you think here and you feel with your your emotions down here, the low vibrational ones anyway. But here is where you get intuition. And you see the, the body language where people say, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm thinking. But then they say, I know, I just know. Uh, because that's where it's coming from. And what the, the head does, and the two supposed to work together, but the, the whole idea of the cult, not least through fear, freezing people with fear which is low vibrational state so it pulls people into greater density in terms of their consciousness their their energetic field but if um if you get pulled out of the heart then the head and the the belly the emotions and the uh, thought processes start being the dominant formations or formers of perception so i'll give you an example i um i got this enormously strong intuitive uh knowing uh just after the turn of the millennium that we live in some sort of simulation uh and a, a trap a perceptual trap and that the walls the uh the outer walls of the at least the physical level so-called physical level of the simulation is the speed of light which is not the fastest speed uh, possible at all it's nonsense um and uh, with speed of light that, that i got that very strongly the speed of light is basically the outer walls of this quote matrix simulation and um uh, the um the, it came here um, and I went with it. And then the names, uh, the dates, the places started to follow on. Uh, at that time, when I got this, there was only one guy I found uh, who didn't see it quite like me anyway. But but at least he, he was um, exploring the idea that we live in a simulation. And it was uh, a, a guy from Oxford University called uh, Nick Bostrom. Um, and but as the years have passed, uh, more and more um, mainstream scientists have started con to conclude that actually we do live in a simulation because um, the mysteries of physics and the mysteries of um, 
of the way things uh, operate and the limits of things, the apparent limits of things, fit um, a simulation. Uh, and there have been studies on it that have concluded, well, it does look like we live in a simulation. <laughs> and then last, um, last, I think it was about last May, um, I saw Scientific American. And there was an article in there by someone with lots, lots of qualifications. Uh, I left school at 15, never took an exam in my life, a major exam in my life. Uh, I left school at 15 to play football, uh, soccer. Um, and um, this article was headed, we live in a simulation and basically the outer limit of it is the speed of light. And uh, so how do I get that intuitively just after the turn of the millennium? Um, out of nowhere and, uh, and then uh, science follows on. How does that uh, happen? Mm -hmm. Because um, one, one comes from out there uh, as a knowing and another one comes from a, a process of thought, which is much slower, of course, reaching conclusions. Um, and we have the ability to use both, which is what I do with my research. I don't have an intuitive knowing and then just say, this is how it is. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I might say this is how I feel it is at the right. moment, but, but I want the names, dates, places, evidence to support it. But it, I'm just, what I'm saying is the intuitive knowing comes before uh, the, the uh, names, dates, places, not the other way around. Uh, and, you know, w we are extraordinary uh, uh, beings, consciousness. Uh, and we are all points of attention, unique points of attention within an infinite um, flow of consciousness but our our point of attention our uh, focus of attention has become manipulated so much into the myopia of the five senses that we perceive ourselves to be uh, Bill driving the bus and Ethel on the checkout in the supermarket when actually that's just an experience that our consciousness is briefly having. What we are is the potentially infinite awareness that is having the experience. And you can see why um, this cult has to get us to self-identify with little me and think the experience is who we are instead of just an experience we're having. And not let us realize that we have enormous uh, access to tap into enormous levels of uh, power to um, dictate our own reality and not have it dictated for us. Yeah, I believe that people are coming around to understanding that they're not humans having a spiritual experience, but they are spiritual beings having a human experience and a very short experience at that. And you had spoken about previously how difficult it was for you when you were coming around to your enlightening and your awakening. And I know that there's a lot of people that come to my program that number one, are just going to be curious about what you have to say. And there's going to be a good number of people that are finding their own truths right now and having their own awakening. And I, I've heard you speak on it uh, in depth in regards to how difficult a period of time that was for you, what would be your advice for someone right now having that awakening, wanting to speak their truth with other people wanting to shut them down? Speak your truth. 
you know, um, I speak your truth. Why should someone else dictate your sense of reality and what you say and don't say, even what you think? What, what right have they uh, to do that? You see, if you, um, if you mold yourself or limit yourself so that you, um, you fit in with what you think other people would like you to be or want you to be, or have the opinions that you think other people want you to have, then you're no longer you. You've gone. You're them. You, you, you are no longer a unique expression of all that is. You are their version of what they think you should be. You have become them. And you've allowed them to dictate your reality, your perceptions, and thus your reality. And, and what kind of power is that? What, this is, the, this is the, the, the thing. What kind of self-respect is that? Self-respect would never let someone else tell you what to think. And they've never let someone else tell you what to do when you can see that what they're telling you to do is either a nonsense or designed to control you. It wouldn't, you wouldn't do it. And what they're trying to do in this COVID era more than ever before is to get people to concede their self-respect. Because once they do that, self-respect's gone, only submission remains. And so what you, um, what you have, for instance, is they want you to know and want you to see that all these uh, um, restrictions and uh, measures are contradictory, make no sense. They want you to see that. They want you to see um, that the people uh, overwhelmingly now all over the world uh, in positions of political power and, 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 and other authority power, telling you to do these contradictory things you can see are ridiculous. They want you to see that those people are overwhelmingly moronic, like the president of the United States, like the prime minister of Canada, like these characters in Australia, like Daniel Andrews in Victoria, the big, longest lockdown in the world in uh, Melbourne. Uh, they want you to see uh, buffoons like uh, Boris Johnson, the prime minister of Britain, and buffoons like Macron in, in uh, France, etc., because if they can get you to see the contradictions and, uh, that make no sense and, and how the ridiculous they are, and you can see that moronic people are telling you to do them, if they can get you to still do them, to still obey despite that, then you've given them your self-respect and, and there's nothing left but submission and, uh, and, and obeying. So self-respect says, I'm not doing what I know uh, um, is there to manipulate me and control me. I'm not doing what I can see is nonsense. I'm not thinking what you want me to think just because you want me to think it. I am a unique expression of all that is, and I'm going to express that uniqueness. And if you don't like it, well, you can do the other thing. And this is the other thing about um, when people uh, uh, hurl abuse at you or ridicule at you, um, and you say, I'm upset, that's hurt me, um, I'm offended. Well, you, you've actually said um, exactly the situation. 
I'm offended. I'm, uh, um, I'm hurt. And what I mean by that is you've made the decision to receive that in a way that hurts you and um, offends you. Now, I don't know what it's like to be offended. I don't. I can't manifest that phrase or that feeling, I'm offended. How dare you say that? Because um, I, I choose not to be. And, and I choose... Um, not to um, be affected by the abuse and the ridicule, and I've had a bit over a long time. Uh, it's it's how you receive it, you know. Oh, oh, abuse! You're this, you're that, you're there. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks for sharing that with me. Have a nice day. Gone. It. But if you go, oh no, how can you say that? And the other thing is, don't defend yourself. Oh no, no, no. I don't want you to think that about me. I, 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 I want to explain. No, 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 no. You think what you like, mate, right? Because what you think is none of my business and what I think is none of yours. Uh, therefore, um, I'm not going to defend myself to you. I'm just going to keep putting this stuff out. And that's what I've done over this 31 years is, uh, you know, you can see it like boom, 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 walking down a road. And people hurl abuse at you and ridicule at you. Boom, 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 boom. You just keep walking. And I'll tell you what you find is that the people here are all having to go at you, oh, yeah, 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 boom, 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 boom. They disappear, and there's another lot come in. <laughs> and they boom, boom, there's another lot, and they've gone. And, 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 and you know, it, it's, um, it's almost funny. And, and the thing is, if what you say has validity, it will eventually be shown to be so. It might take a while, uh, but it will be shown to be so. And then people will look at you and think, well, hold on a minute you were right about this, um, what else are you saying? Whereas if you never said it because you feared what other people think of you and what they'll say, and uh, you, um, you then come out when it happens and you say, hey, I knew this was gonna, go, oh yeah, of course you did. So speaking your truth is, uh, is vital. And, and uh, if you don't, then where are you now? You have gone. And you, like all yous, are incredibly unique, incredibly special. And you should have the self-respect to celebrate that and not let some uh, uninformed idiot uh, get, get, get you to stop being you just because he doesn't like what you is or doesn't agree with it. Well, believe what you like, mate, but you're not telling me what to think. And is there one thing, and I have an idea that you're going to say no, but I'm going to throw it out there anyways. If there was one thing that you could just remove or one thing that maybe you didn't say or didn't do, what would it be, if any? I, I don't think like that um, because um, everything is an experience. And whatever experience you're having, there'll be another one along in a minute. Mm -hmm. and an experience um and what is life it's um it's choice and consequence choice and consequence choice and consequence that's what it is that's what it is everywhere uh, outside this reality too choice and consequence you make choices and you take consequences for them 
if you like the consequences, you make the same choices. If you don't, you make different choices. So, and, and what um, happens uh, with the consequences, you have an experience. Mm. So that experience um, can be seen, if, if you don't like it, can be seen as a bad thing, a negative thing. Uh, or you can see it a very positive thing. You can say, well, I'm having this experience and what it's showing me is that choice <laughs> could have been better. So now I'm a wiser person. I'm a more enlightened person. I'm a more knowledgeable person. Thank you for the experience. And I'm going to make a different choice and I'm going to have a different experience. And so it goes on. Um, you know, when um, this started for me um, after 1990, particularly 1991 onwards, I went through uh, in Britain, uh, the wider world later, but in Britain, um, I went through historic levels of ridicule. I mean, historic. Uh, I couldn't walk down any street in Britain without being laughed at. Uh, you know, you go into a bar or a pub and, you know, it was uproar. Um, the the madman's here. Mm. And what it did is it, because again, it's a choice. Um, that kind of experience uh, and, you know, Comedians only had to say my name and they get a laugh in that period. Um, you, you make a choice because that kind of experience can destroy you um, and you withdraw from society um, or um, it, can, it can be the making of you. And so what that experience did for me, and it went on for years and years and years, was to clear me out of the prison that most people live in. And we've, we've basically been talking about it, the fear of what other people think. That's the prison. The fear of what other people think is what makes people give their uniqueness away. If I say this, what will they think of me? And, and if you... Um, ask most people to list their five biggest fears, great numbers of them will be the fear of speaking in public. Why is that? Because they are looking to the audience for um, confirmation. Um, they're looking to the audience to uh, confirm their, what they're saying uh, in their reaction. And therefore, if you do that, you start telling the audience what it wants to hear. And you've lost you again. And you've become part of the, the, the herd again because you're telling the herd what it wants to, th what, what, what it wants to hear. Um, when you lose the fear of what other people think, then you say what you think, not what you think they want to hear um, and if they don't like it well that's fine they have every right not to like it freedom is the freedom for people to disagree with you this is what the wokers don't understand uh, freedom is not the freedom for people to agree with you it's the freedom of everyone to have their own unique spin on a situation and for everyone to respect everyone else's right to have a different opinion. That's what freedom is. And so um, 
if you um, if you speak your truth and don't think about the reaction of those listening, hearing, but you just speak your truth, then you lose the fear of speaking in public because you are just saying what you think and you're not attached to how the audience receive it. Um, therefore, the audience is no longer in control of you and your emotions and your generating fear of how will they re receive it because you're not bothered how they receive it because it's none of your business how they receive it it's theirs it's your uh, business to say what you think and you can um you can talk to five people or you can talk to fifty thousand. doesn't make any difference with that um that attitude because how the fifty thousand or a hundred thousand receive what you say is their right and it's not your business your business is to speak your truth and to make sure you can support it with as much evidence as you can but uh, speak it don't um, don't let others um edit you because that yeah just the final point on that you know you mentioned at the start you wanted to talk about censorship the greatest form and the most insidious form of censorship is self-censorship because that way there's no debate there's no debate about why is this being censored and all this stuff it you just don't you just don't uh say it you just don't write it and this is what's happening in the mainstream media and it's what's happening with the uh insane censorship in silicon valley which is a cult creation um and that's i better not say this Otherwise, I'll get I'll get uh, censored or I might, you know, get blocked or I might get deleted um, or um, I better not write this because it won't get in the paper anyway. Mm -hmm. um, I knew in the spring of 2020 that what I was going to say in some high profile interviews uh, that were live on YouTube, but the early ones were anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um was going to get me uh probably get me um thrown off youtube and thrown off facebook and all this stuff mm -hmm. but i will not censor myself i won't uh, uh i'm going to speak my truth and and the consequences will take care of themselves and what happens what you find is that um you find ways around it you know i i, I mean my videos don't get the numbers they would on youtube okay but they get massive numbers on alternative um sites on alternative um, uh, platforms mm -hmm. you know i mean half a million uh, 600,000 400,000 is 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 you know quite regular depending on the uh, nature of the uh, of the subject mm -hmm. um, and and so you know you find ways around it but what you don't do is stop speaking your truth because that is a very um that's a very dangerous road um well i, I won't say this because then um i might not get censored and the censorship increases okay well I, I i won't say this and then and then i might not get censored and eventually you're not saying anything worth hearing mm -hmm. because and the censorship happens anyway i i've known um i, I know alternative um organizations alternative websites that, that, that post on run things on youtube or did and they were censoring themselves to um to get on uh, youtube 
Um, and I thought, well, you, you can do that. You can not say what you, th what you, you know, you, you know to be the truth. So they won't censor you. But the censorship's just going to catch up with you. And even though you've, you know, not said what you, uh, the whole of what you think, uh, you're going to get censored anyway at some point. And, and those platforms have been censored. Mm -hmm. um, even, even though they've tried so hard to, to please um, YouTube or not upset them. Because um, I said a long time ago, um, must be a, you know, 15, 20 years ago, that the plan was to create a situation where no one ever hears or sees anything that the system, ultimately the cult, doesn't want you to see and hear. And so the censorship was always going to go on getting more and more um, fierce and extreme. And uh, what we need to do, and it's happened, is to uh, say, OK, um, we're going to find a way around it. And so the YouTube censorship has spawned a, a lot of uh, other um, platforms, uh, video platforms. Uh, there, there are other um, social media platforms that have emerged because of the censorship of Twitter and uh, Facebook. And they'll go on going after them. Of course they will. But that's what we have to keep doing. Um, you know, they censor here, we find another way. Uh, because um, giving up is, is the, the, the option, the option most of all that guarantees tyranny, giving up. Mm -hmm. I will not give up. I will not give up. And that, my friend, was David Icke. What an experience. A lot of interesting perspectives, and I'd be very interested in finding out yours. Put them in the comments below if you have not subscribed as of yet. Please do, as this is a platform for freedom of speech and expression, and I'd love to continue to do so, and each and every one of those subs most definitely helps. Thank you so much for having it locked to the podcast. You take care, be well, and love simply because you can.